Is there a game that comes to mind for you, Hunter, that you got so stuck or so lost that you frustratingly just never, ever, ever revisited it? Is there is there a significant moment of that in your in your game playing history you can recall? Mm, I don't think so because you can just ask somebody to tell you what to do and then like <laughs> even when you were a kid even before that was like as easy i mean i de- so so the internet only existed for me as a kid to look up how to do stuff in video games <laughs> that was it that was primary the only, right right the idea that the internet would be used for anything else <laughs> was quite a surprising revelation for me yeah. but originally it was just me typing in search bars being like yeah Okay, but like, and just describing like the exact situation. So I'm Guybrush Threepwood, uh-huh. and I need to get across the lake or whatever. Yeah. And all I have is a chicken wheel. <laughs> what do I do? What do I even do? How could I possibly get past this? How do I put all this together? I found a chicken wheel. <laughs> what do I? What does Guybrush Threepwood do with it? Yeah, I I only I didn't ever do that. I never looked up how to beat games. Um, but I did because I just I, as soon as I turned on a game, I was like, "So what are the cheat codes? Hey, what cheat codes oh, can yeah, I yeah. do?" That's just it. That's all I totally. do. I, I probably the number of games as a kid that I probably didn't even play sans cheat codes is very small. I I just always went immediately into yeah, let's just break this puppy wide open. Why don't we? Hey, cheat codes are exciting. <laughs> yeah, I miss them. Okay, we should bring the cheat code back. Yeah, yeah, let's bring cheat codes back in some meaningful way. I think I I, I mean RTSs are the best space for. Them, but there's all sorts of things that I just think we need to keep keep the cheat code dream alive. Cheat codes are just console commands, but like not that many, not yeah. as many as there should be. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that that's that's really all it is. So I mean, yeah, yeah just put console commands and every like let every video game be kind of its own software. Yeah. Also, like not only is it a game, but it's also the engine that the game came in. And do you want to just put whatever you want in here? Let's you, do it. You just described <clears throat> the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> the Elder Scrolls is just Secret of Monkey Island with more stuff. More stuff and the ability to just turn your stats to whatever. Who cares? Shut up. Let's go. Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. I am your oldest brother, Hunter Donaldson. And I am another host named Matthew Martins. Hello, and how are you, ding dang doing? No, I'm not doing that. The number of times you try to pull McElroy jokes on this show is just not going to fly with me. I'll do whatever I want, okay? Their brand is crashing and their star is falling fast, (laughs) okay? And we are the... The you know the zombies that are gonna <laughs> feast on their on their flesh oh, that no. is ruined you know Oof. yeah I'm just kidding until They're we not, try I until mean, we try to get one of them as a guest on this show someday for <laughs> for some reason no we can't we can't align ourselves with that sinking ship are you serious <laughs> Matt there's no way we could we cannot do that uh-huh. listen they've got people people are writing articles and think pieces on these boys every day uh-huh, okay uh-huh. it's the sharks have are, are they, they smell blood in the water matt okay <laughs> let's quit alienating our audience that doesn't know what we're talking about and let's start <laughs> talking about the secret of monkey island today Whoa. we are taking a brief a hiatus on 2001 a game odyssey this is one of our off topic games we will be doing over the course of these 25 episodes and so today is lucas arts or at the time lucas film games 1990 point and click graphical adventure game the secret of monkey island by ron gilbert this is a game i was looking at my uh steam hours on this game Mm -hmm. and i have over 15 hours in this game and I have wow. never beaten it before. <laughs> so Whoa. I have I have started and beat my head against the opening section of this game. However many times that equals. At least three times I think I've started Monkey Island and never had the tenacity to keep it going. Hey Matt, do you want to hear what my playtime is? <laughs> and I've I've 
I've played it all the way through twice, and for this show, I <laughs> it's I, like I, eight I hours played, probably. It's seventeen. <laughs> That's two complete playthroughs, wow. Matt. That's, wow. Yeah. Woof. It's actually, you know what? It's two and a half. Yeah, Wait, that sure. doesn't make it better. I said that like it makes it better yeah, than no. makes it worse. Never that's mind. okay. All right, shut that's up. That's all right. Shut no, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm pretty all right with it because that's the thing is I've always stumbled around this uh, game. So let's, let's, for people who don't know, for the young kids listening to this show, first off, how the dare children. you? This is the Old Gamers Almanac. What are you doing here? Um, but, okay, you're here to educate yourself of the wiles of the older generations. In 1990, in the 80s, a little bit in the 90s, actually improvingly in the 90s, but in the 80s, you had adventure games. Adventure games uh, were born from text-based adventure games, which is just like yeah, yeah, yeah. a prompt pops up and is like, you're in a room. There's a there's a door heading north. And you can just like type into the thing, go north. And yeah, I've yeah. always found those games impossible because I don't know what it's looking for, right? You, you type anything in except for you have to type exactly what we're thinking of in, not just anything. Yeah, but it's fun. It's all discovery yeah. whenever you play one of those text adventures. because. Right. The only thing that can happen is you finally figure out what to do. What is even going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I liked those when I was a kid for some reason, but yeah. I, I was a weird kid with endless amount of patience. Right, right. You told me there was anything in anything. I was like, I have all day to sit here to find out it, what it is. <laughs> uh, but as uh, graphics were born in video games and more commonplace, you, you gained the point and click adventure game, which was literally just like, okay, you basically have a mouse cursor. And you click around and you you poke around on stuff. And that was very often met with like some sort of list of verbs. So instead of you just having to guess what all you can do with things, there are a set number of things you can do. I can push this. I can pull this. I can look at this. Mm -hmm. I can talk to this. That kind of a thing. And then it's just like click that verb and click the thing and see what happens. And you just sort of dink around in environments until mm -hmm. things slowly happen. Um, these games were notable for being really punishing. Uh, very often it was just like you walk into a room, you die because an icicle crashes from the ceiling and kills you. Ha ha. And you got to start over again and figure out how to make sure you don't die from the icicle. And it was a lot of that kind of stuff. So Secret of Monkey Island was born from... Ron Gilbert saying, I am sick and tired of how com just completely mean these adventure games are. I want to make an adventure game where you never die. There's no death screen. There's mm -hmm. no reset. You can only just be stuck somewhere and you got to find the clue to get out of it, but you won't be reset. Nothing's going to happen to you. You are only making forward progression at all times. And that is like the core conceit of Ron Gilbert's team at Lucasfilm and especially with The Secret of Monkey Island. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, uh Matt, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Back in the day when you were a kid or or perhaps okay, there's two questions I'm going to ask and go with whichever one you think is more interesting. Um what did you play adventure games when you were a kid and what did it look like? Okay. Right. What was the first adventure game that you ever played? Okay. So, we did not have um any sort of PC stuff for my younger years, right? 1990, I mean, I'm, I'm, we, I'm but a babe, but as I even grew up, we did not get a computer until I was probably maybe eight years old or so. Um, and we didn't have games on it except for like a couple random things. But I, I had no awareness of this kind of adventure game and this kind of mm -hmm. PC game. I didn't think mm -hmm. that this stuff existed even a little bit. Uh, so my introduction to this kind of a game was on a website that uh, many people will know, homestarrunner.com. Oh, God. Oh, no. Homestar Runner had... I didn't know that this is where the Homestar Runner stuff comes in. <laughs> Leaks into this show. No. So, so Homestar Runner, uh, the, the creators of that, the brothers Chaps, Matt Chapman and his brother, uh, they had a lot of games on their website, which is primarily a Flash website of cartoons, really goofy, silly cartoons. Fits really uh, firmly into sort of the the goofiness of this game, Secret of Monkey Island. They're, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. But those guys, being older and making Flash games at, at the time that I'm much younger, they w came from the generation that played a lot of adventure games. So they made a bunch of adventure games on their website. Those mm -hmm. were the first adventure games I ever played were the Homestar mm -hmm. Runner adventure games. And that includes text-based wow. adventure and that includes point-and-click adventure. Um, so that was my introduction to this kind of game. Uh, you which... never, ever <laughs> cease to amaze. You are just the most intriguing figure. 
<laughs> I I never know because that's the thing is I I the reason I asked this question, Matt, if I can just tip my hand a little bit, yeah, is I feel like every time adventure games come up in conversation, yeah. you're always like, oh yeah yeah yeah, big fan, really really like those. I like but the I've never idea seen of you, them. I, I know. I've just never seen you play one, so yeah. I'm like, I didn't know what you liked yeah. about them. Um, and yeah, it was it. I'm glad that this show, one of the many good things that this show has done for you mm -hmm. specifically, it shows, shows, it's very important that you do this show, man. I don't know <laughs> if it's important that people listen to it. But it's definitely Whatever. important that you be a part of this, uh -huh. um, is that you finish this game, that you played this right. game all the way through. I've heard you talk about this game for I know. so long. Yeah. And now you had to, you had, it was homework. Yeah, finally. You had to finish it. Totally. Yeah. And I love for, that. For, for me... I then basically I I did these home surrender games. I wanted to play these games, but then we're talking about an era where like early two thousands. I I don't know how easy it was to like get a hold of this old stuff. You know what I mean? Like getting these DOS and like weird old games playing on modern systems in the early two thousands was really weird and certainly not something I was going to be able to do. It's not, the 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 special edition of this the the version mm -hmm. I always end up playing was released in two thousand and nine. After yeah. we graduated high school. So it's like, I, I right. didn't have an opportunity to come back around to most of these games until they're all getting these sort of revival re-releases. I actually played a lot more of the games that are cut from these games as cloth. Uh, I, I played, mm -hmm. um, there's, a, there's a series of games called Puzzle Agent that are really, really fun oh, and yeah, hilarious. Yeah. There's uh, Botanicula I played a lot of. The Samorost games I played a lot of. I played, uh, what's the one, the robot one, um, Machinarium. Ma ma yeah, Machinarium. That one is so, that's, that's, that's among my favorites. Like, I, and then I also just played goofy Flash games, like on Newgrounds. There's this one game I have a memory of that I do not know what it's called, and it's not really point-and-click adventure, but it's point-and-click uh, chain reaction game that mm -hmm. feels really in a similar line. I played the pants off of a series of those flash games. Like that th wow. this is these types of games are my early internet memory. Not early internet memory, but like my my early sort of just getting into random games on my computer, on flash, on early yeah. steam yeah. stuff. That's how yeah. I think of these adventure games. And that's why I think of them so fondly is to me the only stuff I've played is like crazy experimentation, right? It's it's lots of indie stuff i mean i think my love of indie games is born from this kind of stuff even though i didn't play yeah. the classics growing up i played mm -hmm. their children <laughs> or whatever my history with this genre matt if i can if i can also go backwards in the in the way way back machine please do. um i was a child of uh, the 90s i was born in 1989 mm -hmm. um this sweet baby boy was brought into the world and I didn't get to choose the games that I had access to. It was all just whatever mommy had lying around. And uh, she had a lot of weird uh, floppy disks with uh, weird uh, like adventure games on them. Because yeah. the adventure game genre was so large right. that, you know, at this point when you talk about it, you generally talk about what? I mean, mostly you talk about the LucasArts games. Yeah. There's um, also Sierra. Sierra is yeah. the other like number yeah. one, number two company putting out stuff at this time. Or you talk about something like that's like kind of tangential, like mist or sure. something like that. Right. Um, we just had the weird stuff. All right. <laughs> I remember. I can't even. I I tried looking for it. I there was this game that I played so much when I was a kid that was like, it was kind of lightly horror. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was set in a high school, like after hours, and there was Whoa. like a real weird kid on a skateboard. Whoa. And he may have been a zombie. He may have been like a zombie kid wearing a hat on a skateboard. <laughs> and you're walking around this school at night. And so that was one that I did. I don't remember what it's called. And then I really liked, if you remember the, the cartoon Nightmare Ned, they had an adventure game what? they put out on CD-ROM <laughs> uh, that, that, that was uh, playable on Windows 98. Um, played that. That was a good one. And if you ever played the the claymation game, uh, Neverhood. Yeah, Neverhood's cool. Neverhood is uh, an adventure game that I played, but I didn't play any of the good stuff. Yeah. Okay. I didn't play any of the. No. And just, I, Neverhood's not bad. I just but, want to uh, be clear how much you dragged me for the Homestar Runner thing, but you're talking about stuff you don't even know what it was. This is when I was a kid, though. Sure. This is when I was. A, <laughs> yeah. This was like pre ten years old. Yeah. I was. Like, I, mean? I was like, like twelve when my stuff was happening to me. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. Fair. And that's twelve. Fair. That's different. That's different. That's, 
it's yeah i i this genre for me because it has that weird gap right yeah, and, yeah. and i think that was something good that you were talking about matt in the 2000s i don't even know how people played this stuff right. um i'm sure it was a huge pain in the butt um mostly uh as a teen in the 2000s and especially in 2001 which is not an important year for this episode but mm. in general we've been thinking a lot about 2001 if i played any adventure games in 2001 they were definitely in browser yeah right you know exactly so stuff like you're talking about yep. and it's weird because there was a little in in all the uh rush to make little games on uh web pages there was a little bit of a revival of the yeah. whole text-based thing totally and i yeah. played a lot of them and yeah. liked them they were they were great they were fun they reminded me of uh my goosebumps choose your own adventure novels <laughs> which i really liked anything uh -huh. that you present when i was a child everything's you a game anything is a game <laughs> then it's a game and i'm playing it and i like it you know yeah good uh well very cool this so this is then us coming back around to playing this do, do you remember when you first played and completed the secret of monkey island i think so i, I i'm pretty sure that my my uncle, my cool uncle, which I don't know how many times I've referred to him over mm -hmm. the course of the show, or if at all, but I had a cool uncle who liked uh, to game out. Pretty sure that I saw him play this game gotcha. when I was a child, when I was like six or something like that. I remember him like booting it up. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, probably, probably only heard reference to it. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I think when... When I first went to college in like 2008, 2009, uh, whenever they announced the special edition, I remember yeah. I got it pretty shortly after that on Steam. Right. Um, and then played through it then, loved it, played through it five years later, loved it again, <laughs> uh, and then played, uh, you know, about halfway through it uh, this time. Didn't want to play all the way. I'll, I'll say this, adventure games, you can't, you can't replay them yeah, that much. Yeah. It's just a criticism of the genre, but... If, if you can remember how to solve the puzzle, there's not really, yeah, you know, you're I don't just, know. There's not really anything else to do, it. but besides just be like, oh, cool. These jokes are still as yeah, funny as they well, were. You okay, know? let's give credit where credit is due, because that is certainly something for Secret of Monkey Island is there's like a lot of dialogue options. And sometimes like choosing one will cut you out of the others. Oh, it's true. You, yeah, yeah. Story-wise, you totally could replay this game and get sort of these different flavors of right. what your guy brush is like. It's not anywhere close to as like versatile as something like Disco Elysium in terms of there's not branching storylines, but you could enjoy the writing again and just sort of burn yeah. through most of the puzzles. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely think there's something to that. Um, so let's talk about the writing then, because this is Ron Gilbert, who's hilarious. Uh, they bring in Tim Schafer in Lucasfilm Arts, which is like one of the funniest people writing video games like out there. Tim Schafer has been around yeah, for yeah. this whole time and always made hilarious games. Dave Grossman is on this team. And I love the vibe of Secret of Monkey Island because it is the perfect setup for... Um, a game to be, uh, how do I, like irreverent because mm -hmm. you are Guybrush Threepwood or you're, you, you aren't even Guybrush Threepwood, right? You are no. controlling Guybrush <laughs> Threepwood and sometimes Guybrush Threepwood like has to deal with the fact that you're controlling him a little bit. Right. My favorite part, I'm pretty sure this is in both versions, but it's definitely like in special edition. If you just leave it up, which I had to do a couple times because I'm in the Dadlands and I just have to like set my Steam Deck down and go do something else. You can come back and Guybrush is just like walking around the environment, like whatever screen you're on. He'll just do his own thing if you leave him to it. <laughs> and that's a, a really great element to it. But uh, in general, the setup is Guybrush Threepwood is this wide-eyed little kid, basically. He's like a young, a young chap who's visiting this island, and he wants to become a pirate. And it's so perfect because you get to toe the line constantly of, oh, he's this completely naive dolt who's just like so happy and kind and good to everyone despite wanting to be a pirate. Or you can like try to play him like he's just like, I'm trying to be dastardly and failing and like it gets to be whatever vibe you want it to be. Whereas in so many other games, it's really hard to like play the, the mean path or whatever, because mm -hmm. it doesn't set you up for that. Actually, it wants you to be the hero, but then the game is like, I, but I guess you could also kill everyone or whatever. Uh, yeah. But in this game, every dialogue option makes perfect sense for however you want Threepwood to be, because it's just this like, dopey 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 dope we're gonna be a pirate oh boy here we go and i just yeah. think that is such a good attitude for this kind of game yeah he's a naive uh fun doofus 
with uh with mostly a heart of gold i would yeah, say i yeah. mean he's kind of he every once in a while he makes really uh sarcastic or sassy remarks mm-hmm. um but yeah for for the most part he's at least in this game i don't know where it goes going sure, forward sure. but yeah um at least in this game it appears that you know Guybrush is a, a sweet guy nice guy um he just wants to be a pirate and he doesn't really fully understand maybe what that's going to mean yeah you know? <laughs> And and even when he's faced with it, it's like you need to steal. He's I don't know. There's times where you get to just be like, okay, I guess I'll just steal everything. I I, I don't I don't know. I'll just try it. I'll try stealing it all or whatever. I, it's such a good environment. Uh, and I'll I'll note too here to start talking about it. Uh, again, basically both Hunter and I actually played this game for the first time in the special edition, which comes with um, basically like hand drawn, hand painted um, graphics instead of the old pixel art of the dos version or whatever it was and i love the new art style because it all fits into this vibe this like goofy disney movie vibe a lot more than i think the old graphics do i do think the old graphics are good and the best thing about this special edition is it lets you just switch back and forth at literally any moment you can just bounce back and forth so you really can experience both games at once the big thing is you probably should play it in special edition for the most part because the original doesn't have voice acting and the special edition has voice acting from like a lot of notable voice actors throughout time yeah i mean there are there are great voice work being done in this game and you don't want to to miss out on it so the way i played it is like load up every time i go to a new screen i start in special edition i let the people talk how they need to talk and then i real quick switch to the 2d and like maybe maybe do some of the puzzles in the two or not 2d it's all 2d but in the pixel graphics thing um, for me personally, there's times where they do like close-ups on characters during like dialogue and stuff. I vastly prefer the special edition, especially in that stuff, because the the close-ups in the original version are very attempting to be lifelike, um, are are not anywhere close to as cartoonish, and it really throws off the vibe for me, which is why I really like the newer direction of just getting wacky art uh, that feels like a Disney movie or whatever. Yeah, um, they've got. Uh, let's see, we've got as far as voice cast goes. Um, we've got Rob Paulson. That's the big um, one. <laughs> uh, we've got Jess Harnell, uh, who is... Uh, so we've got two of the Wacko brothers, yes. basically. We got... Right. Uh, or the Warner... What are they? Are they actually called the Warner brothers? Uh, we've got <laughs> Wacko know. and uh, Yakko, yeah. I think. Is that what they're called? Yes. That's what they're called, right? Yep. Yeah. Wacko, Yakko, and Dog. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, Jess Harnell... Uh, in particular, plays my favorite character, which is uh, the storekeeper. Yeah. Um, who I think is uh, hilarious and probably yeah. one of the top five funniest characters uh, in any game. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love ask how often. I, I don't want to spoil too many like specific gags. Yeah. Um, but I think even if you know about this, it's really funny. So there's this storekeeper that you run into, um, where you need to ask him to go somewhere for you. Uh-huh. And every time you ask him, he's very like kind of exasperated and he yeah. says his lines as if this is the last time he's going to do this. But you're going to ask him yeah, over, over and over and over <laughs> to do it. And each time he's just such a little jerk about it. Yeah. But he always... He, he always comes to terms with it, too. Like yeah. He's like, he's really mad, but then, you know, well, he actually does want to do this. It always ends almost jovial. He's like, okay, well, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This storekeeper is, yeah. They use, that, they use that conceit a few times because, again, that's the hook of this game, right? Is there's not going to be a fail state. There's no death. So, right. no matter what, they lean into the humor of, like, there are certain instances where you don't realize what you're supposed to be doing and so you need the you need to ask the person the exact same thing again and the way they play with even that that's really like what they're toying with this whole game is all of these point and click conventions uh there's mm-hmm. another hilarious part where so the the idea of the game is you can hover over something and and like it'll default to a couple things walk to this look at this but then you have your list of verbs you can click and 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 do all that uh but there's a part of the game i won't spoil anything about it but you're doing something sort of off camera and the text thing that normally says what yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. is just making a point to say all of the most ridiculous, absurd things that can't, it's like combs the hippo's hair. And then you do like just filling right. up verbs. And it's like an exceedingly long segment. Like you just watch it do verbs and nouns for like, 
two solid minutes or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But it's it's right. just very, very funny because it's it's trying to poke fun at all of the old ones while also, you know, doing its own thing, inventing its own interesting um, puzzles for the genre. But the whole time with just this, like, you know, we know what we're doing. We're, we're looking at you. I mean, there there are jokes about game development in mm-hmm. this game at multiple instances. There's people t- talking about games uh, as a as a construct. So it's just got an irreverence the, the entire time, basically. Yeah, and, and also I think what is remarkable about it, um, a couple of weeks ago, two episodes ago, I should say, we talked about Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. Um, which I evaluated as, uh, as a comedy uh, a writing experience, as, as the, the, the written comedy of Grand Theft Auto 3, I judged it to be of pretty low quality, if yeah. not like absolutely trash quality. Right. right. The the quality of the comedy writing in Secret of Monkey Island is so good that it is still funny. Yeah. And let me check the clock. It is twenty twenty two, y'all. <laughs> like thir- thirty two years. <laughs> like you know, that's a really, really long time for something to be funny. Yeah. A lot of things do not, even really funny stuff at the time does not survive into right. the future. To be able to write timeless comedy, you actually have to think about it. You have right. to have like uh, a desire to do it. Right. And these people did, and they wrote a game that is still so right funny and yeah. that's crazy yeah like, it doesn't it doesn't reference anything outside of itself so it's poking fun no. at these types of games but only by doing the thing itself that it's making fun of so you can sure. experience yeah, yeah. it be like this was kind of obtuse and then the game was like that was pretty obtuse wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah i mean it's it's god it's what a what a as far as the writing is concerned, the only other game that we've talked about in this show that I think rivals it at all is Disco Elysium, yep, which is sure. great for, I would say, it, and maybe kind of sad that we haven't played more games with uh, with good writing. Not to say that, you know, there's a whole lot of games with right. good writing. <laughs> sort there of a are problem. others, okay? There's others. I, I would say the percentage of games on our list with good writing is a higher percentage than the percentage of games in existence with good writing compared to yeah, that's the fair. total number of games. That's so, totally fair. Yeah. How do we feel? So we've talked We've talked a little bit about the voice acting. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about uh, character, although we could talk all day about just sure. the characters in this game. Um, what do we want to say about the gameplay in particular and how do right. we feel about it? Because it is, I think, the only place where we could maybe yep. encounter a little bit of tension here. Yeah. Um, this is certainly where it comes from a, uh, weirder time. Although I'll note, um, this is not, you know, we've talked a lot about games where the difficulty is based on the arcade format, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. an old way of thinking of games is like, well, they're just trying to get as much money out of you as you can. Well, that's not what was going on in the PC sphere, right? We haven't really talked about old PC games at all yet, but that the PC games are not born from the arcade movement consoles, home video game consoles are born out of like an arcade kind of mentality and a lot of arcade games are making their way to that. But PC games are based on this stuff, role-playing games right. and adventure right. games and things like that. It's a completely different idea of what difficulty looks like. Mm-hmm. And so the difficulty in these games is usually really, really obtuse and big time wasters. That's like the opposite right. <laughs> of an arcade cabinet, right? An arcade cabinet is trying to kill you as fast as possible so that right. you put more money into it. Whereas PC games are just like, just chill with us, man. You're just sitting down here and we're not right. going anywhere. And yeah, these puzzles can get pretty ridiculous. I mean, you in the intro described essentially the situation where the chicken wheel, the, the core joke that happens over and over and over again in this game is all right, we've opened up kind of a new environment, a new place. There's tons of stuff just scattered everywhere. And right. we're going to we're going to have a lot of fun. It's like a Douglas Adams thing of the setup of here's a ridiculous thing. What a completely ridiculous thing I've just said to you or presented you with. Right. At some point, we're going to call back to this and you're going to figure out how to use it. But the way that is done sometimes is so nebulous that it's uh, it can be exceedingly difficult to figure out the solution to the puzzles. I would say across the board, most of the solutions are not too ridiculous. Although where I bumped into the most problems is literally just in the point and click nature of it, which is like, oh, 
I was actually six pixels to the left of where I was supposed to yeah, select right, to be able right. to do the thing. I had the right idea, but I wasn't looking in the exact right spot, which meant I gave up on that solution, tried to find new solutions, and ended up wandering around for like five minutes trying to figure out what I'd missed when I'd never missed anything except for exactly where my mouse cursor needed to be. See, and that's why I think this genre of game yields itself to comedy. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of it, it it sort of has to accept that there's going to be a, a a bit of mechanical finickiness yeah. with it, and if that aspect of it is drenched in in silliness, there's sort of a feeling of like the game is kind of itself being a little bit sarcastic and kind of side eyeing you, yeah, mechanically. Yeah. It's mischievous. Yeah, it's a mis- mischievous game. Oh, you didn't quite click the the <laughs> the edge of the cannon uh, right. that we wanted you to, so that you can put the X thing in it or whatever. Right. Um. There's a lot of moments like that in this game. Uh, my only criticism of the Secret of Monkey Island, I think it's um a very if you have not played any of the Lucas Arts point click adventure games i think it's a really good place to start for um, it's sure where, it's yeah. where i started so i have to say that basically. <laughs> i started and i felt like it introduced me to these games quite well um it is not my favorite mm-hmm. of of them and i feel like it has a little bit of a problem of having a super strong first half yeah the first half of secret of monkey island is impeccable like bursting with character and you feel like you're kind of you're just doing all these different things and yeah um but then once you kind of close in on i would say what the uh exact secret of monkey island is or whatever or what what once we get to monkey island itself which is a spoiler but you yeah i mean it's called monkey island you're gonna go there um i feel like the game kind of focuses a little bit and sort of feels like it starts it, it's almost it's one of those games where I got to a point with it where I felt like it was kind of like, all right, well, we need to get to the end of this game. And yeah. then it was over. And and I felt maybe it was a, pro- a structure problem. Maybe my expectations were wrong or something like that. Right. But I just I, the way I always think of this game is, man, that first half. Yeah. Uh, so many wonderful characters, so many good moments. And then the second half, just just not quite as memorable, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. That's to, my only criticism of it. To me, it's sort of a pacing problem because you could you could split this. I'll do this without spoilers. But to me, there's, there's three distinct sections of the game, right? Yeah. There's the town, the boat, and the island. Yes. And I think, I don't know story-wise how you could have accomplished this, but the island is, inc- or the, sorry, the town is incredibly open. Yes. Of just like everything you can do. The boat is hyper focused, a tiny little microcosm. Yeah, you got no, of all there's, these, there's, yeah. there's three it's like rooms. an intermission. It's not even really a full right. on chapter. And then the island is pretty open, but also quite linear. I think effectively, mechanically, you should have started with the boat. Here's an open ended problem, but it's very tight. It's really restricted. So you can onboard to the idea that like your answers could be found anywhere, but we're going to kind of let you baby step through it. And mm-hmm. then you could have done a linear section of like, and so now you can see how big these puzzles can get and how much wandering there is. And then the game should have closed out in the mechanical town of just like, and yeah. here's everything. Here's the right. whole world. Solve it. And that would have been like such a big climax to the whole whole game that, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely agree. I really love the boat section, but it came after I'd already done so much mental work that mm-hmm. it just suddenly felt childish it was just like oh yeah i just do this and this and this and yeah okay it's pretty easy yeah i did all of that that's great yeah but it it felt too late for for all of that to be introduced to me yeah yeah but i mean it i don't know i mean that that's kind of all i have as far as like looking at monkey island and being like are there things that that i feel like it could have uh done better um yes for sure are there games that did what monkey island does and better yeah i think yeah, right. i think those i think this series those goes on happen. to get better and better and better at all this kind of stuff so i've so. never finished any of the other monkey island games i've yeah. played a little bit of monkey island 2 lechuk's revenge um and i've played enough to know that it's it's very interesting yeah. i do not know you know if i like it better or or sure. if it has some sort of answer to this problem I think Grim Fandango is uh, the kind of, I mean, the, it's kind of the go-to answer when people right. are wondering, like, what is the best LucasArts game? But, um, I mean, it's 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 really, really good. I play, I've i only played a very weird version of it, though, because I remember there was, a, there was a Sony conference, one E3, 
where I, I just I don't know if it was a weird year or what, but Sony was just like, we put Grim Fandango on the PS3. <laughs> and it was like that was like one of their big announcements. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll sure. I'm game. Yeah. I've never played it, so I would love to. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really excited, Matt, for us to make time to cover yes. these games. To yep. to to because we haven't done really any yet. Right. Um so I'm glad we're starting here and I'm looking forward to uh, the future and this is yeah. also you know like secret of monkey island i think it's a great place to start i don't think it's uh perfect i don't think it's the best that they ever did right but it's definitely far from the worst they ever did right basically yeah um one more note on the difficulty too is if you're if you're wanting to pick this game up something i would suggest is again switch between original and special edition because something i found i kept doing well two things special edition has a hint system so yes at a couple instances i did look up a guide um and you only you should do that you should and and really i never regretted it because every single time i look up the guide to figure out what the heck was going on it was that instance that i described earlier where i was just like oh i had the right idea right, i just was looking at the out. wrong thing i i solved the puzzle it's fine i don't i felt like nothing was taken away from me but also special edition has a hint system you can at any time hit a button and the game will be like you're you should be kind of looking in this area and that can kind of keep you moving forward the other thing i will say and the big reason you should switch back and forth is in special edition, they tried to keep everything really clean. They wanted to be art forward, which means the verbs are not up all of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and in the original game, the verbs are up all of the time. So you're always thinking about, well, let me try this verb with this item and this verb with this item. Whereas you can go very long stretch of the, stretches of this game without using certain verbs or do interacting with things in a certain way. There's an item you get really late in the game where the way to move forward is to talk to that item. And it's like I've never talked to an item right. this entire game. Right. I forgot. And, and if you're playing in special edition, you won't even consider that because you're not pulling up that menu all the time. But right. if you're playing in basic version, the verbs are always there. And if you're a little bit stuck, you just start trying verbs on every single thing, right? So I I found that like notable between the two editions, and why I think honestly I do think special edition is like a perfect way to enjoy the game because you literally get to have it both ways. You are not making right. a choice at any point, and it's it. Like, if I were to rate just the original version of this game versus special edition of this game, the special edition is is a superior experience because it contains all of the original without taking anything away from the original. It's it's the perfect kind of celebration of these old games that we should have more of these days. Yeah, that actually brings me to another criticism that I sort of have of the, the genre as a whole, which is anytime you give me a verb list, I know yeah. that one of those verbs is only getting used one time in this <laughs> right. entire game in this one particular instance. And I will say that does grind my, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just kind of a, a video game design lie uh -huh. that you're told that, you know, is a lie and you're just kind of like, yes, okay, sure. This will be a one time use key to unlock this particular door. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, Again, the whole comedy tone of it, I think, makes it um, mm -hmm. very, very appropriate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just really excited uh, to be here and to be talking about this game. Um, do we want to do a little mini segment? I would love to. Okay. Because I'm especially we don't have, we don't have 2001 rankings to do today. So we have kind of uh, a lack of some things to do, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm interested in our top five uh-huh and we and we can keep updating this as we go sure our top five monkey island characters whoa um, okay because I, cool. I that's where i get really into this game sure and i want to do it without necessarily spoiling the story aspects but i think we're going to end up picking like the more minor characters anyways sure um so um, I know that my number one has to be the shopkeeper, uh -huh. the storekeeper. I mean, it's probably my number one too. It's some of the best voice so acting. Funny. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's very, very funny. And you come back to him at numerous instances in the game. Like he's one of the few characters where you like genuinely yeah. revisit him and see what else is going on. Um, yeah, I'm curious as to who else we can talk about the, in that. The, the first character you're introduced to in the game has the 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 blind. Uh, per the man on top of the cliff who the is blind and yeah, is yeah. our lookout. The lookout yeah. who's blind, right? It, and uh, is Rob Paulson in the voice acting is splendid. Uh, yeah. So we we gotta I, that might be number two. I don't know. Shopkeeper, blind lookout. Who else do you have? 
Uh, meat hook and, and the uh, used uh, boat salesman, Stan. Stan. Yeah. Stan, the used boat salesman, <laughs> has the most... First of all, his jacket is fabulous. Uh-huh. Um, the way that he, he gestures his arms <laughs> everywhere as he talks, uh, they just kind of shoot up like straight yeah. in the air and yes. at, at various degrees, almost like he's like some sort of broken um, clock. Yeah. Uh, very, very funny. Um, Meat Hook is pretty good. Meat Hook um, has a tattoo of a, a skull on his chest, and the, the, the tattoo can talk, too. So that's yes, always a yes. great little bit. Stan, I'm putting at the bottom here, because Stan is the one character, though, where your main sequence with Stan can involve you going through sort of the same dialogue prompts over and it's over true. again. And he talks yeah. a lot. Like, that's the joke of the character. But it's the one time of the game where I was like, this was funny the first time. I gotta get out of here. Like I gotta be done with this right. bit, or else I'm gonna lose my mind. But I think I think he still wins me over. But he's he's definitively number five for me. I I have a feeling you were about to say the exact same thing that I was gonna say, which is I do feel like Guybrush does have to be on the list. Oh, interesting. I wasn't gonna say that. Guybrush is great and a, a great inclusion. I was gonna say. Uh, I can't think of his name now, but the pantsless dude on Monkey Island who just wanders oh, yeah. around and shows up and talks to you. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Um, okay, well, let's we we, we got to rank them, which is yeah. we're just ranking comedy characters at this point. Sure. So I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I think we both agree that number one is the, the storekeeper. Yeah. Where do we want to put Guybrush? Because I, I, you honestly, he should be number one, but he isn't just because yeah. the gag is not as... You know. Well, because a lot of his humor too is a little bit more dry, right? Like very often he is the he's the straight man to the goofy things that are happening. That's Even though true. he's That's never true. purely straight man, right? Like he always yeah, gets to have himself. something goofy in there. So I I could I I'm happy to put Guy Rush number two, but just because there's so much of him in there, and he's he's such a good character outside of even just comedy. Like he's there's really good stuff going on. The, the with sequence him. of the game where you have to walk around the island and use insults on people is uh like probably my standout favorite even though it can actually get mechanically a little obnoxious because um i i can become a completionist uh uh, during that sequence and i don't think you're really supposed to because literally so all you do there's just this part of the game where you're trying to train up in your sword fighting skills and in the world of monkey island sword fighting is just about saying an insult to someone yeah. and then having a comeback to that it's, insult it's that errol flynn type of pirate movie where it's like yeah. everyone's being snarky while they're fighting and they've just said actually it's entirely about the snarky f- stuff the the sword fighting has very little to do with it right and then there's actually so you you're you sort of build this grammar of uh, insults and comebacks and you you build it by just fighting other people and seeing what they say yeah and then they do this brilliant thing where you have to face off against the sword master yeah um, and in that sequence, you're using all the the in the all the comebacks that you've learned, but it, with new um, with like a new stimulus, like a, yeah. like a new insult is lobbed at you, and you have to figure out with all the comebacks you've already learned, which one would work with this as well. Right. Um, it's quite brilliant, and uh, yeah, one of my favorite sequences. And uh, I just think that the way Guybrush uh, delivers all of those is so funny yeah like it, it just gets stuck in my head what's wild about that part of the game is that insult stuff was written by orson scott card of ender's game <laughs> well wait like all of them or the, the, just like... the insult section was written by orson scott card like they they consulted orson to do that bit That's of so the game weird. writer orson scott card helped them write the insults during a visit to Luc- lucasfilm's headquarters he just came he showed up at skywalker ranch one day and they were working on the game and they were like hey we just need like a lot of insults that then get used in a second way later and they just did that together <laughs> which is amazing um tooth rot is the name of the character i was thinking of and i think mm-hmm. tooth rot needs to be number three because okay Almost solely because uh, he, he is a character who's trapped on the island. And as you investi- investigate what happened with Toothrot, uh, you get really hilarious moments. Like he he sends... Well, I'll, I'm going to spoil this joke because it's... Because whatever, I want to talk about it. Uh, he he doesn't his friend dies. He comes over on a ship with a friend. The friend dies. He can't sail the ship alone. So he sends the ship back to Melee Island with a bunch of monkeys on it. 
And Guybrush asks him, why didn't you ride on the ship with all the monkeys? And he just says, well, you want to be alone on a ship with a bunch of monkeys? Are you nuts? And like, <laughs> he's, he's been trapped on an island alone as a hermit for 20 years because he couldn't bear to just be hanging out on a ship with 20 monkeys. That'd be just too weird. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, there, there's, there's so many, uh, yeah, so, so many great moments like that. Um, so yeah, Tooth Rot can be number three. I think that then makes Meat Hook number four yeah and number five is stan yeah the blind lookout salesman blind lookout falls off the list because there's not enough of them in there honestly yeah that's true he's Th- hilarious not a whole lot but he's barely out. he's barely in the game all right we did it i will we will update this list because we will do more monkey island games i i have yeah. uh lechuck's revenge already on my list of yeah. games we will do next season uh, right. and probably the return to monkey island game that's coming out uh any day now or actually by the time this episode releases that game is probably i think out uh, so I, I, I want to do that. I want to do two and then I want to do return to monkey Island because it is supposed to be a sequel to two. If you know anything about the series after two, Ron Gilbert leaves, but they continue making monkey Island games without him, but they also kind of go in different directions with the storyline. And this return to monkey Island is supposed to be a continuation of what is sort of a, um, ling- uh, lingering, a hanging plot thread at the end of two, something happens at the end of two, Right. That they've never resolved, uh, as far as I understand. Someone who's played all the games is probably kind of laughing at me right now. But that's supposed to be sort of the hook, is that Ron Gilbert is back, and Ron Gilbert is going to continue the story of what happens in LeChuck's Revenge. So we will come back to this and, and learn about more characters. I know that there are characters in later games, too, that are some of the favorites. There's a talking skull that is apparently incredibly famous, uh, starting in, I think, the third game and onward. Um, but anyways, Hunter, I believe it's time... For us to put this on the master list. How are we supposed to rank this game, man? Yeah. Like this I don't really know. This where is to put up it. there in terms of legacy points. Like th- like this is sure. like a legacy points top five, basically, of our list, I feel like. Sure, um, sure, sure. But there's a lot of, it's a very quick game. It's got it's it's a, a genre that has critical <laughs> errors and problems in it, right? Point and click and games have problems inherently. So it's it is a I w- weird I one. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that I feel like this game has problems so much as I feel like this is a, a great game to kind of start a journey into this genre. Uh But because I feel like it is by no means the best of its class. Right. I feel like it's, it's like I want to dock at points just for that reason, Mm -hmm. but not because it's, it hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. It's just, we just know other stuff's going to hit ahead of it. Siblings are more interesting and Mm -hmm. I think better. But what's weird too, is that I also think that if you were to play those siblings without playing this one first, that that would also be a mistake. I think this is just a great entry point. What? The problem. Oh, I don't with know all what to do that, with that. I know the problem. Uh, what you just described is, to a certain extent, like that's almost exactly how I feel about Quake, <laughs> right? Is Quake is pretty mm. solid, but there are so many things based on Quake and born out of Quake that are all better to me, all going to rank higher, generally speaking, outside of maybe just Legacy. But it's like I can think of a plenty of games where it's like, well, I love that way more than Quake, uh, even though Quake is is important and good. Um, I don't like to think about Quake very much on this show <laughs> because I think it's really weird it's where weird it where is. <laughs> and if you remember on the re-ranking I episode, know. I wasn't, I'm not against it being in the top but 10. Like shouldn't. I'm not bothered by it. <laughs> I know. But it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem correct for us. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't feel like there was enough Quake I, played here on I've this deba- show. I've been debating that once we get to our 60th game, I'm going to sort of re for, I haven't been touching my, my, my personal rankings in a while, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to redo my whole personal rankings at 60. And I think my personal rankings will be quite different than what they were in the 50. Every time I sit down and, and have a think about this kind of stuff, I rethink, I reconsider everything. You know what I mean? I, I it's wow. not, it's not <laughs> additive to me. It is, it is constantly, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta shake this whole thing up. So who knows what'll, what'll I just want to say for the record, I, I, again, I like that Quake is in the top 10. It's sitting at number seven. Uh-huh. On my personal list, I have it at number 18. Yeah. Which feels very true <laughs> to like where we are at with it. Sure. Just yeah. saying. I'm just Here, throwing that out there. Here's the um, here's the range of 10 I would throw Monkey Island into. Okay, just yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to look ahead. at everything. Where, where I think it's going to fall 
is in the 15 to 25 range. It's not cleanly in a 10, but a 15 to 25 feels right to me. There's a lot of stone cold classics in there that this could go toe to toe with, could lose against. I don't know. There's it's it that that range right there is really great stuff with weird little yeah. goofy flaws sure, inherently sure, sure. in them. Um, I'm so, thinking Final Fantasy VII. I'm thinking Bongayo. I'm thinking Centipede. Like all of these games share that kind of quality. Portal is is the same. Soul Calibur. They they're all like pinnacles of the craft. Even though there's something about them that just doesn't let yeah. it rank higher. So so they're so a little bit of a difference of opinion here mm-hmm. in that um, I feel like those games that you just listed are like closer to the the classics that I feel like don't have as easy an equal. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Secret of Monkey Island, I it's funny, like you're saying 15 to 25. I, I was going to say the 30s. Whoa. But if I look at where I've put it, don't hold up. If I look at where I've put it on my personal list, I've ranked it 31. Uh-huh. So that would mean that, I, you know, I just haven't been saying them. I haven't been slicing the pie in the way that you just did. Sure. So I could have also easily had said 25 to 35. Uh-huh. Um, and if I'm saying 31, that's basically where I feel like it. Mm-hmm. So what if we start at 25 and, work our and way then down. see how far it can go up? Okay. All right. So we, we park it temporarily I will under it'd be quite different i don't because that 25 there too is a weird one our 25 is my 17 yeah so. yeah yeah. well here's what i'll say here's what i say we start this conversation of why it's under portal and sort of like what you just said portal does still kind of stand alone even though actually one of my core complaints with portal was in playing it i just feel like that that style of game has moved on a little bit from portal but it's not like there's a million uh you know, spatially abstract games out there. There's a handful that are all quite great, um, but Portal is still kind of on a on a short list, right? Whereas Monkey Island is is a part of a huge genre, right? And also, though, so here's here's my question to you, Matt. Uh, and this has nothing to do. I'm not even trying to get into the ranking yet because I I feel like it's just going to be so weird to talk about Monkey Island versus yeah. any game. Sure. Um, which do you prefer? The 90s wave of point-and-click adventure games or the modern 2010s tradition of the um, walking simulator, to use a derisive term. Sure. I I haven't really played enough explicitly walking simulators um mm-hmm. i've i what have i played uh, i've played gone home that's kind of a walking simulator right have you played that, firewatch i have not played firewatch it's sitting oh, you in my like firewatch i know I, I, i'm gonna make my mom play firewatch that's the thing <laughs> that yeah, i'm yeah. gonna do uh, a, a woman who's never played any video game i'm gonna make her play Firewatch. i bet she would love firewatch um, actually but yeah i i think i would like all of them though like i i adore gone home i like that in that vibe of a game. I like that low key, just like, Hey, just like do it at your pace. I, right. I don't like twitchy, you know, fast games. So, um, I can't say I would, I mean, actually I probably could say even just looking at them, I would prefer them because again, these nineties, these eighties, um, point and click adventure games all come with that obtuseness that like, is it for some reason inherent to the formula? It doesn't need to be. And if anything, that's why I like the 2010s point and click adventure games is a lot of them get away from this. Just like, how was I supposed to think of that answer? They get way right. more puzzly. And, and I mean like specifically puzzly in, in right. the, the way of like puzzle agent where it's like, no, 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 this segment is like, here's, here's a specific kind. Here's like a Tetris puzzle to do. And then you'll do this kind of puzzle. And you do, like, they get significantly more puzzly in recent years and so, yeah, I, I, I do think 90s point-and-click adventure games are inherently flawed um, as, a, as an experience for me. Like, I'll never just love one of them all the way through because there's going to be a point where it's just like, how am I supposed to understand how to progress here? Um, whereas right. the chillness of a walking simulator is certainly going to do a lot more for me. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I think that... It, it's, it's interesting because they really, they're really similar types of games. Yeah. But they cater to very different appetites. You know, the walking simulator type story um, games, there's there's very little gameplay. But you could also kind of argue that in point-and-click adventure games, there's not a whole lot of For gameplay, sure. right? Yeah. Um, one seems to be really focused on, like, cartoons and, and comedy. 
Whereas like the other is way more interested in like emotional honesty and yeah. telling, um, st- I'm thinking like that dragon cancer and, uh, yeah, yeah. Firewatch is very much like that of, of games that are trying to be about real deep yeah. stuff. Well, and, and um, on the flip side of that, you still have comedy, right? Stanley Parable is is effectively totally. a walking simulator. Totally. I mean, there's there's like the false sense of choice, which is just a way to experience this open-ended maze web of story beats and jokes and commentary on game design. It's it's all in that same idea. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the walking simulator is certainly born from the lessons learned of these old adventure games and it, and striving for a lot of the same things and they just kind of realized like the the annoying puzzles didn't bring anything favorable to the games we could just kind of tell these stories or whatever like you said earlier it's hard to do a serious point and click adventure game because the 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 format of it sort of leads you to be forced into a mischievous atmosphere and right. the walking simulator is freed from that they get to just tell whatever story they want they can be funny but they don't have to be right i would say that you know it's also part of the nature of how you're controlling the character Mm -hmm. you being this the you know the position that you are as the player and watching the character Mm -hmm. um you're just so you know i I just feel like the temptation is really there for that character to be lively and expressive and that and already we're kind of heading towards uh comedy at that point right um whereas you know walking simulators are first person which can like bring you closer to the emotionality of the character and put you in their shoes more, mm-hmm. more so. Um, but so what we're trying to talk about here <laughs> is secret of monkey Island versus number 25 soul caliber, uh-huh. um, which is a game of souls and swords. Yeah. Um, and for me, soul caliber is a, a explosive, yeah. uh, like, like, point that games was trying to get to yes um that then defined a generation of games in an entire genre it it is similarly a part of a bloated field right the fighting game Mm -hmm. genre but soul caliber defined a time period of that genre in a way that i don't actually think you can say secret of monkey island did secret of monkey island is a great standout of the genre it did not it is not a technological amazing improvement it is not some complete new way forward like before secret of monkey island they did maniac mansion which is still doing some of the things they tried to do in monkey island right like this isn't even the first instance of them trying to make some easier adventure games right so so we can't even put like everything on secret of monkey island's shoulders um so yeah i mean i i think this drops below soul caliber easily because soul caliber is just this like landmark achievement that you you can't you can't ignore that okay so now we can talk about secret of monkey island versus pikmin which is kind of fun because they're both kind of niche games i would say in that they're they're kind of in a very, you know, the RTS genre is sort of the point. It's sort yeah. of the point and click adventure game of action games. Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Uh, Pikmin, it, I mean, it sort of is. Yeah, Monkey Island gets deeply frustrating when you get stuck in the same way that Pikmin gets quite frustrating, uh, I would say. Oh, yeah. But I would also say um, the feeling of solving and mastering a Pikmin puzzle far outweighs the feeling of like oh huh, i get it okay i got I, now yeah. i get it i i fixed the okay. puzzle cool okay. i moved on the the satisfaction you can get it's lower lows with pikmin but it's much higher highs uh with like oh my god i did it. like th- when you get like three parts all scored in a single run because you've sort of mapped out this perfect little idea of what to do that is a deeply satisfying puzzle that you solved completely on your own versus secret of monkey island it's just like did you check all of the boxes the designer told you to check yeah totally however i i just want i just want to call out here though it you you originally said 15 to 25 Uh uh-huh but you are okay with putting secret of monkey island below pikmin because i was kind of expecting you to okay no I'm, i'm fine with it I would so on my personal list, Pikmin and Secret of Monkey Island are actually really close. Yeah, yeah. So I would be down to to compromise at this point. I was not really down to compromise with Soul Calibur because it feels like it's yeah. it's to me the gap is is too great. Right. Um. But I have Pikmin at number twenty eight on my personal list and Secret of Monkey Island at number thirty one. That's mm-hmm. not much of a gap there at all. Right. Um. The next is Kirby Superstar, 
which I think, I don't know. I mean, you you definitely feel higher about Kirby Superstar than it is on this I, list. I feel I, like I don't the, remember my my feelings with Kirby Superstar are complicated because it's a game I have a deep nostalgia for. But when I think about this list, I tend to not think about just my own personal desires, and I think about where my personal desires sort of fall short of like recognizing truths about a game or whatever right that that's that's very often how my list works right that like quake is the perfect example of that right i'm the one who put quake crazy high on my you personal and EJ list both did ej it, did by too the way. but but yeah. i think to more surprise it's way up on mine not because i played hours and hours of quake and completely obsessed over it and got it's like i it's more a respect thing right and while i love kirby superstar I don't necessarily respect it as much as I love it. Does that make sense? Right. The, the list is about respect to me um, okay. in, in a lot of areas. And so I respect Secret of Monkey Island more than I respect Kirby Superstar, even if I have a longer history with Kirby Superstar. Okay. Okay. Um, so what about Secret of Monkey Island versus Mass Effect 3? What do we think there? I I do not <laughs> now we get into like trash conversations i don't want to see secret of monkey island go below either of these two like i i wanted to park below pikmin and stay there it's kind of how okay. i'm feeling um, oh okay that's what i'm yeah, saying yeah. by the respect thing is i i i am more proud of a list with secret of monkey island ahead of kirby superstar than i am the alternative because i just recognize that kirby superstar is like this well, weird little obsession of mine so I was just taking I, I was just taking your temperature a little bit yeah. on the Mass Effect three thing, mostly because you know I it's weird I would be down to put um, I would be more interested in keeping Secret of Monkey Island above Kirby's Superstar because Kirk, I I don't like Cooper, Kirby Superstar that much yeah but if if you were willing to entertain the Mass Effect three conversation there there's a little bit of daylight there mm -hmm. I, I think I like Mass Effect three a little bit more than I like. Uh, the secret of monkey island i definitely um, do not um okay. from a from cool, a lighting cool, cool. Fr from a writing standpoint uh, i think we found it, it yeah i think we found exactly where it belongs which I think is so. right under pikmin right above kirby superstar as like the it. new number 27 yeah there will be more lucas arts games on this list for sure um and there are some that i expect will do uh quite well yeah. on it and i Man, think this is a very solid start especially uh, a little peek behind the curtain I don't even know our schedule gets so weird nowadays with how much we record ahead of time and then things we add in later, but we are going to have uh, an upcoming spinning of the great wheel, uh, the every wheel and, or sorry, no, no, this isn't even to do with the every wheel season two. We've got, we've had the poll running for season two for a while right, now. Right. And the season two poll is leaning heavily, heavily in nineties PC gaming territory. Right. Uh, it, by a big surprise to me. I thought that would be the the least favored option. I thought nobody was going to go for that. Turns out this audience is a 90s PC audience. Uh when when we say old, we mean it, dang dang nabbit. Yeah. Uh yeah. so not that we're going to just fill the 90s PC list with adventure games, but like at least one or two are going to get put into that mix. You cannot talk about 90s PC games and just like ignore the adventure game genre. So um, season two will have a bunch, but I'm doing LeChuck's Revenge one way or the other. I'm doing uh, Grim Fandango sooner rather than later. Like there's a lot of stuff in there that like I have to play. I wouldn't try to. I tried to con Hunter into letting me do uh, Beneath a Steel Sky like twice on this show and we and it never it never worked like we in would, in, in the first 50 this thing would always mm -hmm. happen where it was like uh-oh something happened with this game we're not gonna be able to play it we need something that we mm -hmm. can play in like a couple days and like multiple times i was like what about beneath the steel sky do you want to do beneath the steel sky for some reason i just really want to do that game so badly and uh i was i was cast aside every time i would <laughs> so much rather play these games <laughs> than beneath the steel sky matt it, it's <laughs> It's another one of those, and it feels like sometimes you spin a wheel with a million different things you could root for on it, and then it lands on something, and I'm like, this does not add up. You know, who is this person? For for someone who wants me to be the main character of this show, you never let me get my really weird stuff on it. I, I'm well, waiting see, for worms. I'm wait There's a lot of things that need to be on this list for for it to be a proper Matt Martin's list. You know. Listen, listen. You are the main character in that the. Show 
show is about you. Uh-huh. Not that the show is you, uh-huh. Matt. Yeah. I'm still here. You make you know the choices, I mean? but I am, I'm, I am the I'm character. Per- I'm participating in it. You are uh, the no, play- actually, you, no, you are behind the mouse. You are choosing my verbs and my actions to interact <laughs> with, and I am your Guybrush no. Threepwood. <laughs> we have, we have, listen, we, th- we have democracy on this show, okay? <laughs> There is a system here. It works. I want to say this works better than real democracy <laughs> appears to be working. Okay. In the world. Uh-huh. We've split this up. Okay. Actually, I do think I ended up getting like one more game than you because of some sort of compromise. Yeah, I don't but remember. Still, it's I mean, it's all business and democracy over here at Old Gamers Almanac. Business and democracy, you know, those natural friends, yeah. those if, sworn friends. If you want to be a part of that that relationship, you can give us money at our Patreon to take a tiny sliver of a, a role in that democracy. Just yes. like democracy was built to do. If you, you come hang out, join in. our Patreon, you gotta buy your way. Come lobby uh, on the every wheel for uh, uh, an upcoming spin that we gotta do. So that's, yeah. that's coming around the corner. Did it yeah, already happen? Sp- I literally don't no, it the did, calendar it already is so happen, confusing. Matt. So it, it the listener knows more than you and I know at this moment. Yeah, yeah it did. It, it happened, happened weeks, weeks ago. ago. That's weeks hilarious. So listener, point, there you go. That's that's roughly how far ahead Hunter and I are in the recording schedule. First. Actually, you can look at like the Twitch. Mark when Hunter plays something on Twitch and then wait how long that episode takes to come out and you have yeah. an idea of what this show oh, I is am like. Ahead, baby, <laughs> at this point. I am, I, am, I am in the middle of next year yeah. at this point. By the time no. this episode comes out, <laughs> I'm going to be playing February 2023 yeah. games. No, what you've bought yourself is time to completely sink your entire brain and body into Yakuza Kiwami. That's what Yakuza you've done. Yakuza Kiwami is 15 you... hours, baby. It's only no, 15 hours. No, but you can do way more. You can... Oh, you no, can... I'm... I'm, uh, it's going to be 15 hours, all wow. right? That's what I'm putting into cold it. Cold-hearted. Um, I'm going to... I'm not cold-hearted at all. I am going to bury you in games, Matt. <laughs> I'm going to be playing... I'm going to have the schedule all the way out for the next five years, and I'm going to be on year four, and you're going to be on year two. That was supposed right? to be the... The hook was that you were supposed to find guests for this show, so I didn't have to play so many ding-dang games. I'm, I've, I I've got too many going... Uh, but hey, I finally caught up here, and uh, what's coming yes. up is Spooktober. Uh, we got we got Max Payne coming up. We got Silent Hill coming up. We sort of we sort of did you dirty because Aliens vs Predator Two was supposed to be a part of Spooktober, but I didn't have this game done yet, uh, and we right. uh, we had to record them out of order. So that's right. why uh, your Aliens vs Predator episode is a little early. Uh, in terms of the Halloween stuff. That's okay. Yeah. Max Payne and Silent Hill 2 are okay. way scarier <laughs> than any of the other games that we have been talking about. And when I say way scarier, I mean way scarier by a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm All spooked right. out. I don't know how I'm going to finish Silent Hill 2, Matt. It's, yeah. it's one of the scariest experiences I'm, you could imagine. I'm going to try to get Katie to play it with me and uh, it'll go the same way every game like that goes when I try to play it with Katie is we do about an hour and she goes, I'm done with this. This sucks and yeah. I hate it <laughs> yeah. for uh, for any number of reasons. But with Silent Hill, it will probably be because the graphics are bad and it's scary at the same time. That's, that's yeah. a horrible combination you can have. Um, that makes sense. All makes right. a lot of sense. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you next week then. Love your hair. Hope you win. Bye-bye. I, I wanted to do a sign-off all of a sudden. How do you feel about that? Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, bye no, now. yeah, let's just, yeah. I mean, if you want to just put the, throw the podcast down, on the, you just had the podcast and you had the ball and you're just like, you know what? I won't play this game anymore. Yeah. You just threw it on the ground. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right. Well, ah, fuck me, I guess. I guess I'll just go. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Night Corey.